Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gombridge Podcast, episode 134. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clausen and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? It's going to be a quiet Sunday episode. No loud noises. Nothing nothing sudden. Um, have to imagine this is what our good friend Pat White episode. Was that episode 69? Did we plan that right? Was that correct? I I think Carabas was 69. I think he was. Um, gotta say, I uh, I understand how Pat White feels now. I wish that we could just do another NPR episode. I think that would really suit the Sunday morning vibe. Me and Clausen hit the Fenway area last night for the kids' B day. Everybody wish him a happy birthday. Now we're suffering the consequences. <laughs> happy birthday, Clausen. Sucked a few too many cores lights. Hey, free hey, ads. No free ads. No free ads. No free ads. Um, I if you ever questioned our dedication to getting this show done, I think today's the episode where if if 133 didn't didn't set you right, I'm sitting in a emergency exit stairwell, fifth floor in a hotel right now, uh, ready to 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 talk some socks on the ground. I will say too, um. Yeah, we're we're all this is this is a this is a makeshift episode, but uh, the socks are uh, Barbo. Just they're, they're not great, Steve. Just trash. It's like, what are we doing? You know, I feel like Scorer yes. said that it was the darkest day since he became manager in 2018. And oh, by golly, do I agree? <laughs> so yesterday, I mean, yesterday was a complete disaster. The loss in itself, but. Weirdly enough, so last time we recorded, it was last Sunday. The Red Sox were going for the rubber match um, against the Giants. And since that point, they've won one game. They've gone one in five in their last six. Uh, five of those games being against crucial you know, teams who they're close to. And the Blue Jays and the Mariners you know, must win games in the wild card race. And yesterday just kind of seemed like uh, the, like the tip of the iceberg, like, you know, Finally, things were just starting to like fall apart. And, you know, we, we talked so much about the trade deadline coming up and this and that. And the Red Sox did basically nothing at the trade deadline besides uh, flipping, you know, Kike for uh, two pitching prospects, one of whom actually just got called up this morning for Joe Jocks, who's going back to Paris. Yeah. Paris yeah. or for New Jersey? Uh, the Paris of New Jersey. What was it? Riverwood, New Jersey? Something like that. He's going and back we in. also got Luis Urias. Urias. He actually had a big knock last night. Yeah, he uh, actually has been good since since he <laughs> got here. Well, I mean, huge sample size, right? Yeah. Now he hit his third double of the season yesterday. Huge. So he he's already, and we're in August, he's already hit a third of his doubles uh, this season in one game with Is the Red Sox. Is that good? It's super good. They That's should so sign good. more guys like this. Yeah. I mean, we just look so dysfunctional right now. Uh, like you said, that was a really crucial stretch where we're trying to fight for our lives, get into the wild card spot, and then we blew mm-hmm. five games to guys that are or teams that are ahead of us. We look super dysfunctional. Clausen. Here's the thing, man. Yeah, this is not a stretch that you want to be cold, but this is how the 2023 Sox are. They're white hot, best team in baseball, and then they kind of come back down to earth. And you know they were they were so hot right at coming out of the gate of the uh, of the All Star break. Took down Atlanta, took down some other major opponents, got the easy ones, and you know I think you you kind of have to figure that. This is just a reality check for this team. It doesn't mean they're out. We can hope that it's a short low of the season, but the way I look at it is, is it's it's darkest before dawn. It's you got pretty... you got someone you got so many players coming back. And yeah, you have, I know, but you have yeah. enough you have enough games to make that make this up still. You oh, don't well. wanna you don't wanna drop a series to to wild card two opponents. series. Three, you don't actually. want to drop two series of wild card opponents, but 
by no means are they out. I Here's think the deal. I think it's I think it's soon to be pounding the alarm. I, I I don't think any of us said pound the alarm yet. I don't I don't completely disagree that I'm not waving the white flag on the season yet. It's still August six. Like we we've still got uh you know how many games have the Red Sox played here? About a hundred. We got about fifty games left. I think. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're so much 50, time. Fifty-seven and fifty-three, so fifty-two games left to make up four games in the wild card. I mean, you've gone through a bad stretch right now, a bad week, and you know, Clawson said it perfectly. I was talking with my dad yesterday, and he was like, "What do you make of the Sox?" I'm like, "I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know what to expect from them on a night-to-night, on a week-to-week, on a month-to-month basis. Nobody does. They are the most unpredictable, uh, you know, Red Sox team I think we've ever seen uh, in in our times as as fans and Here's the thing. In about two weeks, not even, uh, by actually a, a week from, yeah, I would say, here, here's here's what I'm going to say. By the 17th of August, I think that's when I'm going to be able to make, the, and this is not like a hot take, I'm going to say by the 17th of August, that is when you're going to be able to say definitively if this Red Sox team is going to make a serious run, or if the season is over, because here's the deal: we've got after today the the final game against Toronto, which is must win. You've got games uh, three against, or excuse me, four against Kansas City, three against Detroit at home, both terrible teams, and then three on the road against Washington. I mean, you've got ten games here against really bad teams to make up some ground. So they, if they can go on a stretch here, go seven and three, eight and two, uh, you know, something like that, you know, make up some ground. Maybe we'll see. But after that, after that. You're not making up any ground because you've got the Astros twice. You've got the Dodgers. You've got the Yankees. And then you roll into September and, you know, you're playing a lot of division opponents. So Yankees are bad. The Yankees are bad, Steve, but they're they're ahead of us in the standings right now, which is just embarrassing because the Yankees, it's bad. It's bad. Maybe maybe my algorithm is is, uh, out of line here, but I get a lot of stuff on Twitter about the Yankees. And most of it is just like, unbelievable to, to believe oh like the do you guys see stanton walking home <laughs> yesterday yeah what was that you just can't you run this yeah no i i, I seen this have you heard you about got, this have you seen I, this you got to go on the il if, if that happens right you just got to be like yeah it was my hamstring i'm gonna sit out 10 days and no right yeah you have to you got to grab something when you get tagged <laughs> out like you can't just he just stopped there. too <laughs> yeah. he didn't try and slide or anything he didn't have enough momentum where he could have possibly slid. Well, like, it, yeah. was, it was impossible the rate at which he was moving to slide. It, it would have just been like him sitting down. That's how <laughs> slow he was going. Have broken his tailbone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the Yankees are, you know, I want to say, you know, they are having a rough season. The thing is, is that like, I feel like everything's going wrong for the Yankees and they're where they are. And like, partially some stuff is going right for the Red Sox and where, where we are. And, yeah. You know, yeah. you say that I don't necessarily I see what you're saying, but you know, we've dealt, dealt with a lot of injuries this year. We've dealt with a lot of injuries the past three years because the Red Sox and Heim like to sign uh injury prone individuals to uh big contracts. At the same time, though, guys that uh you thought you could kind of rely on to be elite in Brian Bayo and James Paxton have kind of uh averaged out a little bit over their last few starts they're not you know dominating quite as much as they were previously and you can't really expect uh those two guys to go out every single game and throw you know seven innings of two run ball or something like that they're gonna get got eventually and they've been getting got recently and uh, i think i saw something where it was like when the red Sox score five plus runs their winning percentage is like 90 percent or something like that and if they score less than that their winning percentage is like very, 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 very low. So I don't know. I don't disagree with you, Gardy, but water finds its level. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I uh, I want to talk real quick. We we kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the show about yesterday. Alex Cora saying it was the darkest, one of the darkest days he's had uh, managing the Red Sox since 2018. Now. Alex Verdugo four hours before the game, and I've I've got some some somewhat I'm, I don't want to say breaking news because I've been using that term way too loosely lately, but we've uh, I've got I've got an interesting interesting thing to share here in just a second. Um, 
so Verdugo, I guess they're supposed to show up four hours before the game. He shows up two hours. He gets scratched. And, you know, Cora, rightfully, you can be upset about that. Do we think that that was the extent of everything, that a player showing up late is what caused this? I, I know, you know, people were no. like, well, did you see the end of the game? Like, have you seen how many bad ends of the game the Red Sox have had since 2018? Like, I don't think those two things combined alone make it such a bad day. There had to have been something else. Clausen? Can't hear you. Can't hear you. Where do you go home? <laughs> well, Clausen, uh, can't hear Clausen right now. I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, what I was going to say, though, our, our semi-breaking news. Am I back? You're back. Um, can't be the darkest day because the Sox blew like 60 games in the ninth inning last year. Remember the they you remember the blown saves graph that I showed you guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At like the all-star break, and it was like every team had like four and the Sox had like 35. Yeah, yeah. No, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty I digress. Continue. Now here's my question to you guys. What if I told you what's your question? What if I told you Charles Barkley was about to turn the season around? Would you believe me? I, I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Would you believe me? I would. I, would, I you know, wouldn't not believe you. You've never given that. me any reason in my life to not believe things that you say. Do you think you think Charles Barkley has the 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 withal to turn this team around? Because I don't know what he has to do with anything. He might have just done this. I'll tell you what. Explain it per Chris. If he's, if he's as passionate about turning this season around as he is about San Antonio women, then <laughs> we're making a World Series run, baby. Well, breaking news per Chris Cotillo, Alex Cora times. is in of the Mexican times. Alex Cora is in great spirits today after hanging out with Charles Barkley last night. I mean, Charles is a funny guy. He's like a Duke or something, right? Sir Charles Barkley. He's a Did he get what's that called? Knighted? Yeah, does he have knighthood or something? Whatever. <laughs> Sir Charles Sir Charles Barkley. He's knighted, but he ain't got no rings. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Maybe 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 Barkley will turn the season around. But uh yeah, yesterday's loss was was just horrific. We'll we'll start to we can even go backwards here this week. I, I don't uh you know, there's there's not a lot of fun stuff to talk about. I wanna ask you guys too. Uh the other big topic of the week is is the trade deadline here, which was, you know, the I think we recorded an episode the day before that happened. The Red Sox make, you know, zero big moves. You know, you bring in, you know, bring in a Urias. I don't really want to consider that a, that a big move. And then because of that, you have a casualty of of Christian Arroyo who got DFA'd uh, two days ago. R.I.P. Man. Two questions. Rest in power, King. <laughs> two questions. Um, what uh, what's your kind of kind of take on on what the Red Sox did at the deadline and you got any uh any thoughts, any closing thoughts on the Christian Arroyo era? Any good memories? Hey man, it's the same old story. Every trade done deadline for the past what seems like three years, this being the third consecutive year. Hi, and Alex Cora. Uh do you say to the media that, you know, we're gonna do what we think is best for the team. Don't expect too many huge uh blockbuster moves because we have reinforcements coming in the way of uh, guys coming off the IL uh, and Chris Sale and Trevor Story, Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Houck this year. Just the same old story. They use it, it seems like at this point, as an excuse to hold steady when the team clearly is in need of something. I think that holding on to James Paxton only made sense if you bolstered the rotation with somebody else it's kind of like you can't you can't be teetering on this line with James Paxton it's like either get his his value at the trade deadline in some prospects or uh trade somebody to to pitch alongside him you know so i think that it doesn't make a ton of sense to me you can't really rely on Chris Sale and Trevor Story to be the all-stars that they once were and save the season but again, it's just the same old story. Um, 
I'll parallel what Steve said. I was there's there's two sides of this. One of them is <clears throat> yeah, you don't necessarily need to go have this massive trade deadline because you have so many pieces coming back that should be contributors for you and act as though you're bringing in a new guy through a trade. But on the flip side of it, if you're going to do something, then you can't do what you did. Like the guy we got is just another middle infielder. He's another Alberto Mondesi, who, again, we haven't seen this year. Um, great trade by Heim. But he's you just this... bad defense. Yeah. Not going to provide at the plate and not going to provide you enough defense that he's worth playing. He's just like a guy. He's under team control, I think, is the the real main appeal of him versus other guys that that can be considered uh, to serve the same purpose. He's sure. under team control for about two years, and he's a little bit younger um, on the younger side than a Christian Arroyo or a Kike Hernandez. Uh, so we got younger and we got more team control. Otherwise, we definitely didn't get uh, better, so to speak. I mean, here's, and, uh... a, here's the thing with, with Urias is that, uh, you know, two years ago, he had a pretty decent season. He's hit. Uh, he hit 21 home runs in 2021 and 16 last year, and he's only played 20 games for the Brewers this year. And obviously, you know, he, he struggled mightily. He, he was sent down to AAA, um, you know, in, in Milwaukee and uh, their system. But I, I, I don't mind taking a, a flyer on him. They gave up a, a pitching. I don't want I don't even want to say prospect. I don't I don't think that guy was ever going to see the big leagues, but he was eligible for the for the rule five draft um, coming up this uh this offseason so you're probably maybe even going to lose him anyways so you know to get him is he better than christian arroyo maybe a little bit i mean christian he's just been so inconsistent these last couple of years so many injuries and this is a guy who was a, a former top prospect uh for uh for the tampa bay rays and people forget he was he was the main piece traded to the giants in the evan longoria trade and he just never really worked out with them he was with traded cleveland for the giants the who? Traded from the Giants. He was traded. Yeah, you're right. I'm bad. Traded from the Giants to the Rays uh, in the Evan Longoria trade. And then, yeah, he was with Cleveland for like a week. Comes to the Red Sox. And, yeah, I mean, he was here since 2020. Um, I don't really have like a ton of great memories of him. I, I feel like what I take away from the Christian Arroyo time uh, in Boston is that he just kind of existed. He was just like, man, Arroyo's hitting eighth, playing second base tonight. Like, he's there. That's about it. Yeah, my most notable memories of Christian Arroyo are probably when he got forced to play like right field those couple times and like yeah, missed that. Couldn't ball. and like couldn't do it. I remember that. Well, there was the one against the Yankees too. The was it Joey Gallo grand slam where he lost it in the lights and uh, yeah, put it put his hands up. Uh, <laughs> Dude, the the week I went to like three Red Sox games in the in the span of like two weeks there, and like two of those were it was the Christian Arroyo game and the Jaron Duran miss ball game, and I was just yeah, like, but now nah. Jaron Duran's cool. Yeah, Jaron Duran, <laughs> so cool. You guys were <laughs> gassing him up in the group chat the other night. He deserves I mean, it. Man. I wasn't gassing him up quite as much as Clausen was, but <laughs> I was doing something else. I will say that it's fun to have such a good player on the team right now. You know, he's the most electrifying player that I feel like we've seen in a long time. I mean, like, Rafi's great, right? Rafi's our best player still. There's no doubt about that. And he's funny to watch. And he's fun to watch because he's so good. But as far as being, like, electric, like, Jaron Duran just has, like, that electricity to him. He's just so fast. You think you'd get shocked if he touched his hand? I mean, at this point, maybe. He's just so fast. He's got so much power. I've talked about it a bunch, so I won't harp on it too much. But it is fun to have him uh, have him on the team. Christian Arroyo, though, it's probably going to be a little bit more fun to not have him on the team. Yikes. My, my other big takeaway from Arroyo is just like the king of freak injuries. I mean, there was always something so going unlucky. on. 
So he's so unlucky. Like he just get like he he'd foul a ball. Didn't he? He fouled a ball off his face or something. Like every time he'd get hurt, you'd be like, I've literally never seen that happen before. Like I why is it always? I feel easy? like there was one moment. I could totally be misremembering or making this up, but like he like fouled a ball off and like he went to go get it and then he like Trent went to go hit it with his bat like to get back like to get it back to him and then he accidentally popped it up like off the ground with his bat and it, like hit him in the face. <laughs> I don't think like that was it. I don't think he got injured from it, but it was just like oof, that's a Christian Arroyo thing to happen to to that guy. He was always the one guy who would blow his hamstring out because he would find the one blade of grass that wasn't uniformly cut and it would just like totally throw him off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, feel for the guy. I, apparently I, he's a really good you guy. Yeah. Apparently have to. he's a really good guy. Apparently, you know, he was he was well enough liked. You know, he lost his job essentially. Uh I hope he gets another opportunity somewhere else. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I think that, like, he's probably still better than a lot of guys on major league rosters if you're on a bad team. So I think we'll get another opportunity somewhere, and I hope he uh, finds some level of success and consistency. Yeah, I think consistency was just the main thing. I mean, this was a guy who had, especially the last two years, really an opportunity to, uh, you know, start full-time play yeah. 130, 140 games if he could perform at a – consistent basis and between injuries and just yeah inconsistency the last three years 57 games in 2021 uh and then last year you, you kind of view him maybe more in a you know he's the first utility you know guy off the bench with with that infield and then he's playing right field he played 87 games last year and then 66 this year um and he was also hurt for a little bit so um yeah so we'll we'll see what happens with him if he ends up going to another team i'm sure uh, i'm sure someone Pittsburgh. will take take a flyer on him. I could, I could, I could see that. I could see that. Him and Michael Chavis. Yeah. Who's Chavis on the Nats now? uh, I think Chavis is with Washington now. Yeah. He's on the Nats. Maybe you can go. uh, He was, I don't know if he still has a roster spot, but yeah. Michael Chavis. He's played in six. Oh, actually not having a bad year. 31 games, 31 games for the nationals. 62 at bats. He's sitting 258 with a home run. It's not bad. She's OPS. Not good. Pretty bad. 652 OPS. (laughs) What kind of bar is that? That is not good. (laughs) Pretty well. Michael Chavis, that ain't bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah, if you're Michael Chavis, any day that you're stepping on a baseball field is a good day. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, still got a job. Let's go. He was so fun in 2019 for like the first month. Still got one of the best nicknames. Ah, 100%. What is it? Ice Ice Horse. Horse. Yeah, yeah. The best. Such a shit. I wish like Barry Bonds had that nickname. It's never the cool guys. Barry Bonds have a nickname? You know, look it up on reference. Probably yeah, the not. goat. It's something stupid. It's probably like you know <laughs> the Barry, home, the greatest baseball <laughs> yeah. player of all time. Remember, is Barry we... Bonds the goat? No, he's the the power hitting goat. He does not have a nickname. Who's the goat? No, I, I'd say he's probably the goat. I think he's probably the goat. I don't Who's know. Who's better than him, Guardy? I think people like like casuals think Babe Ruth is the goat, which I don't no, agree that's with. Not true. You I think Otani's having like the best season of all time right now. I think Barry Bonds probably the goat. I think Alex Rodriguez definitely had an argument to be like on track. If he didn't go to the Yankees and play second fiddle to Derek Jeter for a lot of his career, I think A Rod probably could have been close to it. You got Ken Griffey <laughs> Jr. People <laughs> like him. He's definitely not actually the goat. I don't know. You can definitely pick on a couple of people. It depends how you feel about steroids, too. According to uh, according to Google, Barry one of Barry Bonds' nicknames is the Hormone King. I, I feel like right he probably doesn't like that one. I'm gonna guess no, no. And I'm also gonna guess that he didn't come up with that one himself. Not that you should come up with your own nickname. No, you can't give yourself a nickname. That's That's just he a seems like the kind of guy to give himself a nickname, though. <laughs> the Home Run King. He, wasn't he like really uh, self-centered? I have no idea. I don't know a ton about Barry Bonds. Himself. I mean, if I hit 76 home runs in a season and got intentionally walked every other at bat, I probably would be feeling myself a little bit. <laughs> Not wrong, Steve. Not wrong. Anyways, uh, looking quickly back at the uh, the last week of games, uh, that rubber match against the Giants, Sox dropped that one three to uh, four to three, another walk-off loss. 
yeah, and then you're coming into Seattle on Monday, the last day of July. You drop that one six to two. And Cal, you know, Cal Raley just had an absolute, you know, showing in that game. The Red Sox, uh, you know, were up in the first inning and then just, you know, there, there was two to one for them, or there was tied until the seventh inning. Uh, they just couldn't get it done. Pavetta, you know, still pitched decent. He's still been, you know, pretty good out of the bullpen. He had another, um, you know, decent outing yesterday. But, uh, you know, this one, this one stung a little bit. You didn't have, uh, you know, too many notable performances in this game. And you know, that's just kind of how the, the last week has been. Not a lot of notable performances, just kind of like, you know, close games and uh, and lots of losses. It's the dog days, man. I big feel time. like. See? I just said big time dog days, man. Big time dog big days. Time. You These got something. The, I would say, yeah, uh, th- this is definitely like the dog days of summer. First first two weeks of August. Uh, I'll never forget uh, two years ago when th- this kind of has the same feeling right now when the Red Sox were out in, uh, I think it was Toronto. And again, they were. They had a wild card spot at the time and they just kept falling out of it. And this just kind of feels like that week where it was like close games. I remember backpacks gave up a walk-off home run at some point uh, in one of those games. And this just kind of feels like a similar week. It's like, all right, we're pushing for the wild card post trade deadline. Uh, we got our team that we're ready to run for or run with for the next, you know, seven weeks now. And they just, just lay an egg this, these first two weeks, still plenty of time, still plenty of time. Yeah, no, we feel like we sound a little negative, perhaps projecting uh, a worse attitude than is necessary, so to speak, because, you know, there's plenty of season left. Every team has a bad stretch here and there. Sox should and will bounce back at some point. I'm curious about the uh, Alex Verdugo situation, if there's some kind of off-the-field issue that is bigger than just being a little bit late to the field yesterday. He's been pretty dog shit over the past like two months. Oh, has he? Arguably like one of like the worst. Yeah. He's been like literally probably the worst qualified hitter in the MLB. He's been awful. Been terrible. I saw something yesterday. I forget who posted it. Uh, One of the Red Sox reporters on Twitter, but they were talking to Verdugo. Oh, I don't want to take this out of like context or make it sound wrong, but I can't remember if it was if it was said yesterday or it was said recently at least. Uh, but Verdugo basically he he kept kind of like referring to how much time was left in the season. He's like, we've got we've got seven weeks left, we've got two months left, like gotta finish strong. Like I think that it's there's a very, very strong possibility. And there were rumors floating around a little bit, and I had had that you know, hot take last episode that I wouldn't be surprised if Verdugo got dealt. I think that there's a very, very solid chance that after this season, Alex Verdugo is going to get dealt. Yeah. What's even the trade value for that kid at this point? Like, I don't know, man. Not super significant. He's not, he's not a bad player. Like he he's, you know, we saw flashes of, of, of great, not, I wouldn't say greatness. Like he looked really good at the beginning of the season. And when he was not named an all-star people were up in arms about it. And the thing is, is that, you know, he was, he was obviously the big piece in the Mookie Betts trade and he's just kind of never, you know, fully come like come around. Like he's, he's, he's consistent and his his numbers at the end of every year seem to seem to pan out and even with a hot start this year like he's on track to have a very similar season to uh to what he had like last year and that's the thing is he, he's never really lived up to the potential he's not a young prospect anymore i think a team would you know i, I do like verdugo i like having him on the team but as steve you mentioned i mean it sounds like there could be some some off the field issues here and you know, we kind of knew that, you know, four years ago, almost with the, the Mookie Betts trade that, you know, maybe there was there was something like that there. But I mean, I, I've I've enjoyed having Verdugo and bought like in Boston and I'm not like closing the door here at all. But uh, it certainly sounds like, you know, things could be headed in a different direction in the offseason. 
Yeah, I mean, two things here. I think that he's definitely the type of player to take it personally when the team is rumored to be shopping him around. He definitely, I can see him like getting upset about that, especially after being traded once in his career. He's going to be like, oh, well, like F the Red Sox because they don't want me here anymore or whatever. That's obviously speculation. Very, very just like, guess no basis to that um you can also see us getting a very similar to perhaps worse package than we got for andrew benatendi uh heim bloom is is bad at trading he's bad at at trading uh Uh, wait hold on let me stop you there i don't think he's bad at trading like 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 making he's bad he's bad at trading big big players yeah i agree he's good at trading shit for shit no, he'll, he'll trade like shit for like slightly better. Yeah, that's what I that's what I mean. It's yeah. like uh, upgrade. It's like team like control. <laughs> the key trade was good, I guess. I mean, yeah. comparatively, could have got nothing for him, I guess, right? No, it's like he also made uh, like, like I kind of uh, Pavetta. Like, like, yeah, right? that's the that's the exact trade I was gonna say. Like that's kind of what I envisioned Heim Bloom like making. You're like, all right, we get Pavetta. You get what's his name, Seabold for workman and hembry but that's kind of like we we haven't really seen like you know the jbj trade that's i, I, I still mean, don't the know what the doing, but the worst i digress anyways go ahead i don't have anything else i don't know awesome i didn't realize how bad alex verdugo's been last 30 games hitting like 190 i literally am <laughs> not exaggerating bless excuse me bless Crazy. you um, I was not exaggerating when I was saying he's like the worst qualified hitter over the past like two months. He's been so terrible. The last Hurt, hurts to watch. <clears throat> Darren Duran and Masataka Yoshida and Justin Turner for sure cannot uh, carry the entire ball club every single game. They just and, can't do it. And that Devers guy, he's pretty good. Yeah, Rafi's pretty good. Rafi, weird season for Rafi. Just a weird season for Rafi. It's still he's good. He just doesn't feel as good as he was last year, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. Um, since June twenty eighth, which is twenty six games for Alex Verdugo, he is hitting one fifty eight with three home runs and an OPS under five hundred. Question: Steve, hit me. Is there? It's a little late in the season for this, probably. Is there a point, maybe if it was a few months ago and uh, Verdugo was playing so poorly, that you just like send him down? No. You just no. have to let him ride it out? You just got to. He's too old to get Yeah, he's down. 27. He's hitting he 158 <laughs> over 30-game stretch. Feet. It's so bad. I know. He's been bad. He's been bad. Here's the thing. We we use this term all the time. We use this term all the time. Water finds its level. Water finds its level. And at the beginning of the season, it was high tide for Alex Verdugo. And that it, he was super hot. The water was high. And since then, it has come down. This water greatly. is like Flint, Michigan right now, bro. It's not good. It's not good. It's not drinkable. That's for sure. It's I would not, good. not drink. I would it's not like, drink it's like, Verdugo's water right now. It's like Lake Mead in uh, Vegas when it doesn't rain for a long time. The water Dude, level is, is super low. Such... A reference I don't get. <laughs> Are you not? You're not up to date on 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 lake levels right now. I'm not a big lake guy. No, I'm not a big lake. Guy. I'm not a big water guy. I prefer to be dry. Fair, fair enough. Here's the thing, though, without Alex Verdugo, like his OPS, like he, do you, do you want to count 2020 in this argument or no? Uh, does it help or hurt him? Uh, it's a smaller sample size. His numbers are a tiny bit better. Sure, count it. Let's All give right, the kid well, the benefit of the doubt. Well, here's the deal. I mean, his OPS from last year is right from right now. It's up up 36 points from where where it was at last year. But his his batting average is lower. Um, you know, he's on pace to hit. You know, probably the same amount of or same number of of uh, of home runs and. You know, the, the thing is with Verdugo, again, it's just like he's going to hit 275 by the end of this year. He's going to hit 
12 or 13 home runs, uh, you know, have, have 35 doubles and, you know, it's, it's a productive season. It's just inconsistency again. And I don't know, I don't really know where we're going with this for Dugo talk, but I still think something's going on behind the scenes. I don't think a player showing up two two hours late is, is, is garnering the reaction that, that Cora gave. And I, yeah, I, I still think something's something's going on there. And really? and I will say too, real quick, um, Christian Arroyo, another, you know, he I think I think he was well liked in the clubhouse. Same thing with Kike. And, you know, I know Devers and I, there was I think maybe Kenley or someone else was saying right before the trade deadline, like they were asking, Heim, please get us someone to help us out. And the Red Sox do nothing. You trade away. Like, not saying they traded away good pieces, but some of the guys you got rid of, like, were good clubhouse guys. And the last week or so, like, I don't know. Things don't sound great behind the scenes right now. I, last comment on the Doogie thing. I have to imagine. He's a pretty animated guy. I have to imagine that he's pretty frustrated with how he's playing. Shows up. Maybe said some things and didn't take being scratched too lightly. I wouldn't. I, they'll flush it. It's not know. a big deal. I don't know. Uh, real quick. At least uh, he wasn't like Domingo German the other day. Yeah, that, that wasn't that wasn't great. <laughs> Showed up, hammered, flipped the couch, yelled at some guys, and then sat in the sauna to sweat the booze out. Yeah, I'd say I mean, at least we're not the Yankees, but I mean they're they're better than us. <laughs> I mean, real real talk. I hope he gets the help he needs, but it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. I will say Tim Anderson got knocked out last night. Yeah, that was hilarious. Was that 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 was that and Rugnet Odor the best two fights in baseball history? No, no, that, that uh, There's Nolan Ryan balls. fight. Mm, that's a good one with Robin Ventura. One, he he, the, uh, he beat the crap out of that guy. And then John, personal Jonathan, favorite, Joe Jonathan, Kelly. Jonathan Papelbon versus uh, Bryce Harper a couple of years ago <laughs> in the dugout. That wasn't he even really him out in the dugout. Pat just choked him out for a second. Bryce was like, "What are you doing? What is going on?" That, right? that legitimately ended Papelbon's baseball career. Yeah, yeah, it did. I don't know if that was the final straw, but I mean, <laughs> it was unheard of after that. Was Pap um, on the Nats at the same time as John Lester? No, right? No, John Lester was there like maybe four years after, five years. I think that was 2015. Shit, I'm getting old. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? My personal favorite um, is uh, David Ortiz versus the phone booth in, in Baltimore. Oh, that's a classic. How about uh, Pedro versus that old guy? Mm. Yeah. How, how Don, about you? Uh, who is that? Is Don it's Zimmer. Don Zimmer, yeah. Don that's Zimmer. a great one. I <laughs> Down goes Zimmer. Down goes Zimmer. I couldn't believe that uh, Tim Anderson really got dropped yesterday. I got a hot take about the the the, the fight. Tim Anderson kind of had Jose locked up, and Jose kind of got him with a lucky right, like just struck him well. Yeah, just caught him. Just caught him. Did you see Jose's uh, quote at, after the game? No, I didn't. He said something along the lines of, uh, I think Tim Anderson has been disrespecting the game for a long time. He tagged me really hard, and then he wanted to fight, so I defended myself. <laughs> So I knocked them out. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the thing about it was like Tim stood over him for a little while. And then I am sure I'm sure words were exchanged as they usually are in those situations. But he stood up and then Tim immediately like dropped his glove like it was a hockey fight. Yeah. And he just straight say. up squared up. He just squared <laughs> He was like, we're going. And then that ump was like, all right, well, I'm not. <laughs> he not, made a business decision. He was like, you guys yeah. figure that out. Yeah. I saw, I didn't see this until I was in bed last night. There's a video of uh, Tim Anderson. He's literally getting pulled off the field by like three of his teammates and he's like stumbling. Like he, he was in tough shape. The last class job, bro. Last yeah. go. Yeah. Stumbling, yo. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> excuse me. I'm curious to see how long of suspensions they get and Five also. Games. Yeah, I was gonna say four to five. Also, if Tim Anderson is just done for the year, he's had such a terrible year. He's, he's got had, the yeah. <laughs> the worst OPS of qualified hitters. I saw some stat. It was uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, but it was uh, 
Sorry, I just made that oh, noise. It was, Mike. He has <laughs> my calf cramped up. <laughs> hey, Charlie Horses. He, he's been knocked out as many times, or he's hit as many home runs <laughs> as times he's been knocked out this year. Well, does he really stat? have one home run? Yeah. Really? He just yeah. hit he just hit it like maybe two weeks ago, too. That's so bad. I think White Sox having a rough season. Pretty sure Ben Attendi is one home run too. The White Sox are abysmal. Terrible. Terrible. Um, what was I gonna say? I do I would you I, I, was that a good thing for baseball? I feel like there's gotta be it'd be cool if there were more fights like that. Yeah, they could just like they could just drop the gloves like in hockey. Imagine if 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 there was a close play at second base, instead of them going to review, they just box it out like a one minute yeah. boxing match. Whoever wins, safer out. Yeah, yeah. Jose was safe. Jose is big time safe. Big time safe. Safest um, guy I've ever seen. <laughs> Did you see Terry Franco after the game? No. He was like the reporter asked him. He's like, "What would you think of Jose's left?" And he was like, "It was his right, bro." And then. <laughs> He I was like, Tito. he was like, it's really not a funny situation. But I got back and saw the video, and it wasn't funny. Got him. It was. Got it was him. He, he basically can't say he didn't get him. He was like, boys will boys will be boys. Just guys being dudes. It's guys being dudes. You What's guys, better than this? Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. What's better than this? If you guys had a choice to swap managers, socks get Tito. <sighs> no. I would. Guardians get Cora. Yeah, I would. you take it? Yes. No. I no. absolutely would. I think I. I think I would have to. I think I would. I couldn't I live so. with myself if I if I diss Tito like that. I love Tito. Not at this point. I, I, I think I just I do it for the nostalgia. Alex Cora just means too much to this organization at this point. He's, I agree. He's Tito, the best though? manager we've had since Terry Francona. I love both of them. I think Cora is a great manager. I think sometimes he, he mishandles the bullpen a little bit. That's really like the worst thing you can say about him. But T- uh, Tito's just got a dog in him. Tito's hilarious. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be managing until he's like eighty four. He'll be like so. he'll be managing until he's like Tony Larusso, but actually good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. You know what? I, you know what I was thinking the other day? What's that? The Sox move on from Cora. You know who would be a good replacement, in my opinion. I Veritech, yeah. Was yeah. that who? Yeah, well, that, he's like too. game. He's like game coordinator. Yeah, he's now. got like a weird position name. It's basically like assistant manager. He like calls the play. He like calls the plays. Yeah, I I don't know. I personally, I think I want to enjoy these next two months of the season and talk about playoff push because I think come off season time, which is quickly approaching, which is very scary. I think there could certainly we will we'll certainly ha- be having some uh some talks about that. Well, there's clearly like this this timeline in the front office collective head where as soon as Marcelo Meyer comes up along with whoever is ready at at that point uh whether it be at the end of next year or the year after I can see it's just doing like a hard like a hard reset. Just like this is the new Red Sox team. Maybe there's gonna be a new manager. It's just like this is the new the new look socks essentially, you know. So we'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll see. Maybe maybe they just rebrand the yellow. I mean uh, paint the paint the broke. Yellow. Yeah. The yellow. What an socks. eyesore that would be. Oh my god. Oh yuck. Yuck. Uh quickly Yucky. the other games, uh socks win um the second game in Seattle, six four, drop the last one. Uh, three to six. I don't really want to run through specifics. You guys got anything uh, specific uh, or anything to note from the Seattle series? Mm, not particularly. West Coast games suck. Glad it's over. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. So after Seattle, you got you got two against Toronto. Uh, drop. uh you drop both of those. Uh, yesterday was obviously uh, just absolute, uh, you know, kick to the midsection. Um, <laughs> you know, you got runners on first and second, two outs. Wong drives that ball to the warning track. You know, Kiermaier makes a nice play there. But, um, yeah, I think everybody, you know, Cora said everyone thought that it was at least off the wall. 
And uh, yeah, I I don't know. That's just you that's just kind of how the things wall are. you want, but like that was just poor, poor base running by Reese. He wasn't even really looking at it. I think off the bat he thought it was uh, at least off the wall, like you said, and he like didn't even look back to like make sure he was celebrating around in the bases. And uh, it was an out, and then he got doubled up, and uh, it was embarrassing. Just embarrassing. Did you guys see Fables though sending Maguire? No, I feel like we have like the I've had the worst the worst third base coaches just like <laughs> over the past like ten years. Bring Brian back Butterfield, Brian Butterfield, probably like the worst the worst third base coach of all time. He's pretty bad. The Yankees oh. third base coach is pretty bad. He makes uh quite a few poor errors. I mean, just the, the way in which Brian Butterfield would send Sandy Leon and Pablo Sandoval, and no matter what, it was just like, yeah, go. I don't know. Sure, go. You can do it. Some lady just, well, like, two minutes ago walked. She just opened the door of the stairwell and just, like, had, like, a jump scare. I was just sitting right here and then walked, walked down the stairs. He looks suspicious. Oh, so suspicious. What would you do if you saw you, you walked into a, a stairwell on the top the top floor of a hotel? There's a guy sitting in a corner with a microphone on I'd the floor. The, I'd probably call the bomb squad. I won't lie. Yeah. I'm actually I'm actually expecting like the hotel management to come up in a, in a few minutes and kindly ask me to uh, to wrap this up. What are you what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, just, you know, just podcasting, you know. Just potting around, bro. Spawn, bro. Out on the You know, pre pre nine o'clock uh, West Coast activities. I'm like right across the street from Angel Stadium too. Maybe what I'll. What time uh, is it over there? It's uh eight fifty eight. Oh, it's early. Ooh. It's early. It's early. early. I feel bad. Just like sidebar. I just feel bad. Not fun. Uh, real quick before we uh go into the questions, I was at Dodger Stadium the other night, which was cool. It was cool to see the. The site where the Red Sox swept the Dodgers in five games in the 20, uh, 2018 World Series. Um, saw some old friends, Ryan Brazier. I don't know what the hell is going on with him. He's like suddenly insanely good. I'm uh, telling you, it's Dave Bush. I know it's Dave Bush. He stinks. You look at the Dodgers uh, pitching coach. He was like a Cy Young candidate at one point. Dave Bush's best ERA was like a four and a half. Oh, listen, I don't I don't think that's the like, only argument you can make, but like, Dave Bush has just been so bad for so long, and I don't know. The Red Sox got to shake up the coaching staff. My, my I think. thought is, my thought is, the better pitcher you were, the better pitching coach you're going to be. If you actually mm. understand how to be a good pitcher, then you can coach people on being good pitchers. I don't completely agree with that. I would, I would, I, I, Guardy. I, I mostly like, agree with that. All right, Guardy. I mean, here's the thing, Klaus. Would, would you want like a- Zach Granke to be the pitching hey. coach? Coach don't play. I, I would Coach love don't play. Zach Greinke. I think I think some just, guys are just bad teachers. But here's the thing: is like, who do you think is going to have a better better luck teaching Steve to be a better golfer, me or you? I'm Whoa. good at golf. <laughs> Steve doesn't need a teacher. Why? What are you saying about my golf game? You think it's better? I, I'm just – it's an objective question. If I played as much as you, I'd be better than you. That's, I play like twice a week. I, 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 Klaus, I've played twice this year, and I played three times last year. All right, yeah. But that's the thing. It's like who would have a better, who would have a better time teaching Steve? Probably hey, you because you play more. Some people are good at golf, and some people can throw over 70 miles per hour. Yeah. <laughs> and some people can throw over 60. Steve, what are you doing down there? Um, fighting for my life, fighting for my life. Drinking some water. Just trying to get comfortable, really. Uh, out of the cat bowl on the floor, <laughs> you drinking water? What? Yeah. Cat episode surprise. Meow. Um, we got Are some your questions. Cats just too damn loud, walking around everywhere, kitten mittens. We got some you questions. Familiar with the kitten mittens? No, no. It's from Sunny. No. There you go. We got some questions. Tell me. Tell me they're from Matt. Tell me they're from Matt. Buddy, they're from Matt. Let's go. 
The first question comes in from Matt. He says, what's the latest you've ever shown up to work? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no more than five seconds. Wait, like an late. actual like my professional career jobs. I've never been late. Uh, some silly, some silly high school job, some silly, silly high school job that doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know, like twenty I minutes. Mean, I don't know. I don't know. You're asking a lot right now. Trying to get us fired, Matt. Asking so much from me. You think maybe Matt works in the HR department of your office, Steve, and he's trying to get you get you canned. How's my 401k doing, Matt? When do I get my statement? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Matt can answer that next week. Uh, next question comes in from Matt. He says, what's the most pages you've ever printed at one time? Uh, when we printed out the annual report last year, it was like 130 pages. Hmm. That sucked. It's pretty long. Yeah, no, I agree. When I did that, it was like buck eighty. I don't know, something like that. Me and Dobby to... just in the bottom floor of a Diamond Library for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Dobby, Probably. like the the guy from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, or no, I mean Harry just, Potter. Yeah, just like I don't know, <laughs> swinging a mess right there. Uh, actually, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I probably just lost just a couple of viewers. I've yeah, heard. they're like, oh my gosh, this guy doesn't know the difference between Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. L-O-T-R, bro. Maybe you like watch a movie. Yeah, bro. Come on, get with idiot, it. Idiot podcast co-host says there's no difference between Lord <laughs> of the Rings and Harry Potter. They're like not even the same. They're not even they're not they're not even the same, bro. Uh next question comes in from Matt. He said uh, what are your top five? That's this is a lot. I'm gonna change it to top three. Top three favorite top flowers. Five. Top flowers. Top. Uh, five. I don't know if I can name five I'll go, flowers. I'll go one. White tea rose. You know why? It's the frat flower, man. It is the frat flower. It's the ATO flower. I'll never forget that. That was one of my questions. During that thing we do. During the interview? No, the other thing. You ever seen white tea rose? What? You ever seen a white tea rose? I don't I don't even know. I didn't even know that was our flower. How do you not know that? I thought that was always a fake thing we talked about. No, it's not like the mascot. It's real. As the historian. The the keeper of the annals. <laughs> You kept them real well, Steve. Quite worthy. Quite worthy. Quite worthy. Who came? Who? How? How is that actually what it's called? How is it actually? I think it's pronounced? not pronounced like that. Isn't like, it like annals or something? Annals. Yeah. Annals. Uh, I like a I like a good hydrangea mat. Nice blue That's hydrangea in front of a cape house. Orchid. Always looks classy. What a nice uh, carnation. Tulip. Tulips are cool. Daisy. Mm. Sunflower. Solid one. It's a good one. It's a great choice. It's like that song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one song. That one song. You know? Yeah, no, I got you. That's that's a song from Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. A wizard is never early nor late, Matt. Yeah. He arrives precisely on time. Exactly. Clausen, you got a Yahtzee of the week? Uh, Reese McGuire. Yeah, Reese. (laughs) Do you guys like that tweet I sent you about Reese McGuire yesterday after the game? Yeah. Yeah, I just got to release some tension, man. Trying to relax, bro. Oh, that game sucked. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> someone who's verified on Twitter tweeted that out. Yeah, that but you like, can buy a verification. I think now. it was some like sad, it has like, 4.3 million. Oh, uh, oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> At 4.3 million views, <laughs> you just. Yeah. 
Yeah, this guy is. An, what is the a, tweet? Wait. What is the tweet? Just like paraphrase the end of it. I I, I don't care. I'm just gonna read it. Um, it's it's a quote tweet from some uh some like sports analyst, and it just goes, "Well, that game sucked." Time to jack off, and someone quote tweeted <laughs> it and said, "Reese McGuire immediately after the game." That's pretty comedy. Yeah, that's funny. Mm. Shout out Reese. Shout out Spanky cars, Reese. and shout out the city of Toronto. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't got much. You got an Alex Cora Impact Player of the Week. I'm going to give my Alex Cora Impact Player of the Week actually to Alex Cora himself. Uh, this man is. Somehow trying to keep this team together. Uh, he, he's through his darkest days. Charles Barkley is turning the season around starting tonight. Uh, Alex Cora, love you. I'm giving it uh, a point seven. Oh, you have to give Alex Cora a one. Oh, true. Oh. All right. Alex Cora is getting a one on the Alex Cora impact scale. <laughs> I forgot that that, uh, was how, that was how it works. I'm going to give Doogie. The Alice Core Impact Player of the Week. I'm gonna give him a point oh 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 two. It's low impact. That is low impact. I'm gonna give the Sausage King a one. He's oh. still out. Sox could go 162 and 0 or 0 and 162, and that guy's still it's like the best damn the sausage in Boston. I have not paid that man a visit in a very long time. I walked he's, he's by like, yesterday. He's literally the mail, man. You know, he's rain, nor sleet, nor snow. Sausages are a go. I uh, I walked by there yesterday on the way to um, Lansdowne. I was like, man, I would kill a sausage right now. I just didn't want to go into the bar freshly eating a sausage king sausage. Yeah. It seemed like a recipe for a poor mixture. I, um... Have you guys, so obviously you guys saw the fight last night. Steve, I know you're not on Twitter a lot, but have you been seeing that a lot of people have been digging up old Tim Anderson tweets and like a lot of them are like, oh, I'm so tired going to sleep now and just like reposting them after the fight. Like someone found an old one and said, why did I even swing with the the laughing faces? I've not seen those, but that's pretty funny. I like when, I like when things like that happen. Pretty funny. Pretty funny. You guys got anything else on the Sox from the last week? It's been a pretty abysmal week. Obviously, uh, look ahead. You got the final game against Toronto tonight. Uh, then you've got Kansas City for four and Detroit for three for the next episode. Need some wins here. Four games back. Win today. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The closing. Today. What's up? Day game today. Uh, I would think so. Unless they're on Sunday night baseball. That would be sick. My time is all yeah, thrown off. The Red Sox, wait, do they play at 10 o'clock? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have morning baseball? That's great. Yeah, 10.35 Pacific time. Hell, yeah. Uh, closing out the ninth, what do we got? Win today. Win tomorrow, win the next one, win the next 47 after that. Finish this season on a ridiculously high note. Hell yeah. Yeah, Hell I could yeah. say myself. Start today. The Charles Barkley fueled turnaround starts this morning against the Toronto Blue Jays. Huge rubber match coming up tonight. Uh, anybody know who's pitching? Who we got on the bump tonight? Oh, let's go, Bernardino. Bernardino, Bernardino and Bassett. There's Bassett. All right, it's gonna be well, an interesting game. Hopefully, uh, hopefully things will will uh will shake out because we've got four TBDs against uh against Kansas City. Uh, Sox four games back of the wild card. Gonna see if they can make a push. Still lots of time. Fifty two games left in the season. Uh, Gonebridge. We're gonna we're gonna stick right with you uh, through the end. But if you enjoyed what you listened to, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gombridge Podcast and Twitter at Gombridge. Don't forget to subscribe to our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Stitcher, and we'll be back next week with episode one thirty-five. See ya.